The Root of Cash podcast is brought to you by 4.0 Schools. 4.0 invests in community-centered models of education, providing coaching, curriculum, and cash to those with the imagination to envision more equitable ways to learn. To learn more about their work, head over to 4.0.org. And now, without further ado, let's get started with the Rooted Cash Podcast. Hey, this is DJ Villain, and welcome to the Rooted Cash Podcast. It's time for us to sit down with Rooted founder, Jonathan Johnson. As part of the very first class of Rooted and graduating Saturday, we have a very special relationship with this man. As always, Mr. Johnson dropped much needed knowledge on everything from student loans to the future of the Rooted Cash Transfer Pilot. So turn it up and listen to our conversation after the beat. Hi, I'm DJ Bio, also referred to as Jalen. Uh, Hi, my name is DJ Villain, also known as Vernell, and welcome to the Rooted Cash Podcast. Yes. Hi, hi, I'm Jonathan Johnson, founder of Rooted School, where we are laying the groundwork to close the racial wealth gap in our students' lifetimes. All right. So I guess we'll start off by saying, with this being the first graduating class of Rooted, is there anything that has changed how you feel or is there anything that's weighing on you right now as we approach that uh, milestone? The biggest thing that I and the team feel is a sense of relief that the vision that we started this out with has has held true. We fundamentally are delivering on our promise. We've got students who want to go to four-year colleges uh, who've gotten accepted and have gotten significant scholarships to do that. For students who want to go straight into the workforce, we were able to do that. And they'll be coming out making well beyond what the median salary is for African-American families and, and taking on no debt. So so for the most part, we feel like we accomplished what we set out to do. This has been a dream of yours for a while. So has your initial vision been shaped or changed at all regarding what has happened recently? Is there anything that has changed how you view this dream and project? The, the biggest thing that has changed is how I approach building something with others. When I was getting started, my, my approach was very much solo contributor or or taking matters into my own hands. And as Rooted has come more fully into life, more and more and more people get involved. Um, it's, it's clear that I, I can't do everything on my own. And so I've had to learn different strategies for for how to bring uh, bring folks along with me. One of the things that really like kind of like centers you as a person, I feel like is rooted. You, you're like the rooted man, you know? So I would wanted to ask you, uh, what is something that you are most proud of with rooted? I'm most proud of the team and how the team from the very start was comfortable being amateurs and not knowing the answers to all the questions or knowing exactly how we were going to get you, Vernell, access to jobs or Jalen, you access to internships or industry-based credentials. Like we didn't know how we were going to do any of that stuff. And so uh, I'm proud that we were willing to take that leap into the unknown and ask the tough questions of ourselves and others and not give up in the face of a lot of challenges uh, in order to, to prove that something different can be done uh, in our city. 
is there any time that you have ever doubted your ideas for Rooted? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it happens from time to time still. And, and that that's the nature of the beast when you're deciding not to play it safe. And so I, I would say integral to Rooted's DNA and how the team does what it does and how the school does what it does is is that we, we're never comfortable playing it safe um, and that we are always pushing the limits of what's possible. And the moment that we stop doing that, uh, I should no longer be around. <laughs> I love that about you. I feel like you have the ability to drive people towards a cause. You like to cite facts that people are like, you know, not very aware of, like with the 228. I wasn't aware that there was such research out there that would prove it would take 228 years for us as people of color to catch up to people who are not of color as far as like wealth equality goes. So one of the things I was wondering is how has wealth inequality affected you in your day to day life? One one way, uh, there, there, there are several. One way that affects me personally is student debt. So I paid my way to graduate college, but still took out significant loans to, to make that dream a reality. And it's something that I'm still navigating. I'm still, I still have student loans from college, but it impedes my ability to generate wealth for me and my family because I'm, I'm having to pay loans and I, I don't, while I, I make a good salary, uh, I don't make the kind of money or, or have the kind of perks that you know other friends in other industries do. That's something that I actually feel like I personally can resonate with. I have personally been affected by like certain things that have to do with wealth inequality, such as like my mother. You know, my mother, she doesn't necessarily have good credit. And, you know, when it comes to situations like that, you know, other people might have like had their credit being built up since they were a child by their parents. But like, I don't I, I don't have, you know, those sorts of things. So I feel like I understand what you mean by like, you know, the process being a lot slower because you have to build yourself up and you don't really have the opportunity of somebody else being able to build you up before you had the chance to even establish yourself. For now, you know, something else, uh, you know, just to add another layer to that is that disproportionately African-Americans and people of color are affected by the student loan crisis um, compared to whites. And so there's another layer to this that, you know, it's not just a Jonathan problem uh, or a Vanell problem, but uh, systemically there are there are people in the United States who are disproportionately affected by this along lines of race and class. And there's a lot that we can do. And fortunately, things like the cash transfer project exist to start dipping a toe in the direction of, of how do we begin to course correct. You know, actually, Mr. Johnson, that actually sounded like a perfect segue to my next question, which was in relation to the Ruta Cash Transfer Pilot. Now, I personally am a part of the Ruta Cash Transfer Pilot, and I, I, I've been loving it. Um, $50 a week, who wouldn't want it, you know, like uh, helping me with investments, helping me with bills. You know, it's been tremendous. So one of the questions that I had uh, for you because you are the person behind Rooted, as I said earlier, uh, you know, is who came up with this idea? Uh, who suggested it? And where did it come from? Me, along with some friends at 4.0 Schools, uh, which is the partner organization that also has made this possible, all were interested in strategies for alleviating poverty uh, or creating anti-poverty interventions. And so began to cast a white net to understand what exists out there that's that's taking a step in this direction. 
um, and universal basic income, uh, while while not a new concept, emerged as one of the top choices and most efficient choices. Basically, meaning the best way to lift people out of poverty is to give them money, and to give them money without conditions. And so we came together and figured out a plan for how we might go about doing that. And doing that, our, while our aspirations was is to do it at a, at a much larger scale than what is currently happening, we knew that we needed to begin somewhere and to begin building a research base in, in a small way uh, before we would get the opportunity to do it in a big way. And so uh, Rooted, um, I, I volunteered Rooted as the uh, as an ideal partner for this, as we are wont to do for uh, a lot of pilots uh, or have been doing with pilots over the years, um, just to see what would happen and to see if we can gain some traction. And, and fortunately, we are and we'll we'll likely be able to expand upon it next year. And and that's just how change happens. Uh, sometimes you have to start small. Um and, and build confidence around the idea and credibility around it before you can go bigger. See, that, that's one of the things that I really like about you, Mr. Johnson, is that like, you're not a thinker, you're a doer, you know? Like, you're, you're really one of those people who actually enacts on the ideas that he has in his head, which is like, like really nice. Like, thank you so much for that. Like, you know, you, and you're like very like straight to the point. You just like, you see a need and you feel a need. You're just like, ooh, wealth inequality, give people money, ooh, it's going to take 220 years for us to catch up in wealth. Well, we need to get them, you know, started on building wealth sooner. So I feel like, you know, that's that's really just an amazing aspect of you as a person. Sorry, I just felt the need to respond to that. Well, no, Renee, I mean, thank you. Um, uh, I do appreciate that. It also is not possible without a team. And so there are people like Miss Park or Mr. I, uh, who you both know, uh, and others uh, who for whom like none of this would be possible if they too were not on board uh, and and didn't think this was too outside of the realm of possibility to make happen. So while you're you're you know saying that about me which is very nice, it, it's it also is um, a big a big family that's doing this as well. Honestly, the whole idea of student loans uh, hit me because I was like, well, I'm about to go into college trying to become an engineer. Also, the fact that my sister has been sit constantly been like, bro, little bro, you gotta you gotta get this together because you know, a lot of this is not gonna become easy for you, especially being that you're a black man in America and that you're so young and that you have all these credentials, all these certifications, all these things that say you are the man you say you are. I'm kind of, I was kind of always shaken up about it, and for a while I thought, why bother with all of this potential hassle of student loans. So all of that kind of resonated with me. And also just the fact that I'm with Vernell that it is honestly astounding to see you do everything you do. You put so much effort in, you try so hard and you do everything you can to get to work. Well, Jalen, you know, you and you and others have given me some gray hairs as a result of that. So <laughs> I was wondering how have criticisms, haters, you know, negative attention and things of that nature shaped your vision of not only this podcast, but rooted as a school? Yeah. So I don't believe you can do anything of consequence without controversy. And so naturally rooted from inception 
experienced a lot of resistance, um, not not necessarily publicly, but um, in, in one-on-one conversations or with funders or, or other types of stakeholders who just just didn't didn't get the idea or or thought we were setting a low bar for students or you know why on earth would tech companies in New Orleans hire black kids from public schools in New Orleans just doesn't make sense right out of high school. Like, you know, just the idea didn't make sense um, in, in, in some cases. And so naturally I, I listened, we are, t- the team listened to the feedback um, and when merited made adjustments and pivots. Um, and when not, we just stayed the course um, because we believed that what we were doing was, was right for the community and, and, and for the young people that we have the privilege of serving. And, you know, Jalen signs up, right? Like Vernell signs up. And, and so the best vote of confidence is also the families saying that, hey, we want, we want it, we're opting into this. We could, you know, Jalen could have gone to any high school in the city. Uh, Vernell, you could have gone to any high school, but you chose to do this. So it, it's, it's a combination of, uh, you know, an ambitious mission, um, but also the confidence that families have in that mission that makes something like this possible. And so that is enough to help you ride the wave of most criticism. And no one knows the problem or the opportunities as intimately as, as we do it rooted. And so the more that we can, um, uh, we can be confident in, in that knowing and in that experience and that, that proximity, um, I found we're more successful. Has there been criticism of Louis de Cash Transfer Pilot? Because I personally remember when my grandmother was still alive. And when I was explaining it to her, she was just like, don't you sign up for that. <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, but it's $50 a week for free. Like, what are you talking about? You know? So I was wondering if there was any criticisms of it. The criticism, I mean, really just comes in the form of just questions, curiosities people have. Like, is, is, is $50 a week really going to make a difference? Is it a good idea to give young people, these teenagers, cash without stipulations? Um, just give, like giving it. Aren't you afraid that they're going to spend it on drugs or weapons or, or, or things that could be harmful? So it, it comes into the you know form of, of those things. As I've come to hear those sorts of questions over time, what it really unearths for me is is... A, a mindset, uh, or, or it's really a reflection of that person and their and how they look at uh, another human being, right? Who may be in need or more need than them. And so, when 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 approached from a mindset perspective, I don't call it criticism so much as, oh, that that's that person's worldview. It's their per- that person's point of view, which doesn't necessarily make it like a textbook truth or universal truth. It just happens to be their truth. And so a big part of, you know, how I lead the way I lead is I'll listen to that truth. I'll also state mine and figure out if there's an opportunity to arrive at a different truth together. And if someone is willing to do that, which most people usually are, you know, you start small and say, hey, what's what's just like if, if we were to really end poverty, what's one thing we could do now? that that like would give you the confidence that we're going in the right direction and you know you'd be surprised at how far you can get by taking that first step with people and 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 where you can end up going 
No, it's funny that you should mention that, Mr. Uh, Mr. Johnson, because uh, one of the things I was actually about to share was my experience with the Rudicash, uh transfer pilot, because one usually, uh, like you said, does have this weird perception that people have low amounts of money wouldn't know how to manage it. And particularly when you said the bit where people were wondering, whether or not $200 a month, $50 a week, right, was going to make a difference in the life of a teenager, right? My mother has allowed me to have a bank account since I was 14 years old, and she has never managed my bank account. She has never managed anything that has to do with me financially. I have never went to my mom and asked her anything that has to do with anything financially. And the reason why is because my mom is not very financially inclined. She has bad credit, you know, things of that nature. So when it comes to finance, she, she kind of just lets me just take over like like the world's my horizon, basically. Right now, I currently, because of the Ruta Cash Transfer Pilot, I haven't worked a job since December of last year, right? I have a 4.0 in school now, right? I didn't before because I was able to sink way more time and energy into school. I was able to do things like the Ruta Cash Transfer Pilot that allowed me to get connections with people that I probably otherwise wouldn't have been able to, allow me to talk to people that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to talk to about subjects that I wouldn't have probably otherwise known about because I would have been working someone else's job, you know, trying my best to scrape a little a little bit of money, you know, because what the Rudicast Transfer Pilot has given me, which is so much more valuable than the money it gives me, is the time it gives me back, right? I don't have to spend the time trying to earn this money because this money is just kind of given to me. And this money I can use for good purposes for things such as building my credit, which is allowing me to get free things. You know, I, I got a free iPhone 12 Pro, you know, because I was able to run my credit in T-Mobile and they were just like, oh, wow, your credit's so good. We can offer you a free phone. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have been able to build my credit had I not had that income coming in from the Rudy Cash Transfer Pilot. So, you know, the Rudy Cash Transfer Pilot has allowed me to build my credit score. It has allowed me to buy stocks, buy cryptocurrency. It has allowed me to invest in businesses. It has allowed me to do so many things with just $50 a week. I never have to worry about a phone bill. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, brought, I was able to pay for me and my girlfriend's prom tickets, which was $70. These are the things that people don't think about. I feel like if they did think about it more, if they thought to themselves, you know, what if I just gave you an extra $50 a week? Would you just not take it? Why would you? So why would you tell a kid that he can't take that $50 a week? You don't know what that kid might do with that $50 a week. That kid will take that $50 a week and put it into something that in 20 years from now will turn that $50 into $5 million. And then you'll be looking to yourself at those people who gave him that $50 a week all those years ago. And you'll be thanking them. Vernell, I mean, I'm glad this is recorded. I mean, that was a very powerful story you just shared. Um, and it, it made me want think of a question for you and Jalen, actually. Um, and it's around wealth and how you define wealth at this point in your life. Um, there's a big push, as you know, being in the country that we are, that success is defined by financial advancement, um, right? Accumulating capital. And, and that is a definition of success uh, that, that is popular and wealth for that matter. I am curious though, from your, you know, given what you've experienced either at Rooted or, or, or outside and just like how you're observing and navigating the world, 
do you look at wealth in that way, right? Uh, and money in that way? Uh, or do you have like something different that you would offer to that? Uh, money is a resource. I look at it, right? A finite resource at that. It's it's like metal, in my personal opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like when, when you think about money, it's like metal. You have to think of it like metal, you know, how you can charge metal to like attract other metal, like a magnet. Like I feel like money is a tool that should be used to get other money because that is just the way that it works. It's just a resource. So the way, so the more ways in which you have that you can get this particular resource, like the, the less finite it becomes, I feel. And I feel like in this country, it has been set up to where if you do not have a certain amount of dollars, it the, the idea of success for a person without money is like, like a very foreign one. I personally have heard people say, the only thing worse than dying is running out of money before you die. And it's just like, I haven't even been living for that long. And I kind of already share that perspective on the world. So, you know, it kind of like makes you think to yourself, okay, yeah, this country is obviously like being ran in a certain type of way. If a person can, can be coming like straight out of childhood, already having the idea in their mind that I need to get money. Like even little kids are just like, I want to get money. You know, they see it all around them. I want to get money. I want to get money. I want to get money. But you don't want the money. You want the things that the money can get you or you want the freedom that the money can get you because the money itself is just a piece of paper that has a face on it. Jalen, how do you think about wealth right now? And I, I suppose, like, do you do you define wealth solely by financial means or do you have different a conception of it? Like, for instance, Vernell has talked about the importance of time for him and the, the freed up time to do other interests or exploits. And you could potentially say, for the sake of argument, that time is a form of wealth. I, I am I am curious, though, like what you would say to that. Oh, to that, I'd have to say that I do consider financial wealth a form of wealth, but to me, I don't think it is the most important form of wealth. I think that there are multiple forms, in fact, but my two most primary concerns are actually having enough time to say I am I have, have done enough experiences, but also that I'd say happiness and like fulfillment are probably my two major things for saying I'm successful. Because I can have all the money in the world and still be miserable. But I rather say that I may not be rich or wealthy, but I do feel that all my accomplishments, all my decisions meant something to me. Because I think that's what people typically will end up forgetting that although money can let you be very happy and very successful, there are people who have money that are ultimately like, what do I do with this money? Oh, I, I can't, I don't have time to talk, to do anything with this money or anything along those lines because there's always something else that needs it and so i think that it's a very big thing to not let it consume a person and make it towards all they think about because that when vernell mentioned like children who are like i want to get money i want to get money it made me think of something like on the opposite spectrum of that where it's like why are these children so worried about gaining money when their children have so much in their life to be happy about and have to experience and some of them, it's just like, oh, I want so I can do X, Y, Z things. Some of them are like, my parents constantly say that they need it. So I wanted to help them. And you never get the same answer from a bunch of different people. There may be overlap, but there, it's never the exact same reason. 
And I think that's why, honestly, I view money a little differently. I don't see it as this big end-all be-all, but a gateway to the end-all be-all. Thank you both for sharing. It's very interesting. Uh, yes, the most important question, the question that that everybody, everybody wants the answer to. Will this project happen next year? Uh, because 11 graders, they really want to know. They really want to know if this is something that's going to happen next year, because I feel like this is like something that could be tremendous for like many individuals in our school, especially like in particular, like ones that I have talked with, you know, who want to do what I do. You know, they want to build credit. They want to start businesses. They want to invest in things, you know, but they don't have the capital to do so. You know, so I was wondering if this is going to continue because I would love for this to be an opportunity for other people as well. The short answer is that it's not certain yet. We'll know some of that probably in the next month, two months. Though right now it's not certain because we're swinging bigger. Uh, And what I mean by that is goal is not just half of a senior class next year. Uh, The goal would be to make it school-wide. Um, and not just do it at Rooted, but to do it with other schools. And perhaps not just high school, but go earlier. And so, uh, as you might imagine, that takes a lot of capital (laughs) uh, that has to be raised. And fortunately, uh, we have a team of people who have access to the relationships necessary to do that. In the future, you know, if I ever making big bucks and I'm looking for a charitable contribution, I'm just saying, you know, you can hit me up, you know. Vernell, Vernell, you and Jalen will be the first. Yeah, so Jalen and Vernell, you're graduating Saturday uh, as the first cohort of rooted school ever. And there will be a, a lot of attention on that. Something that you'll you'll hear me say in some form or another in, in closing that, that ceremony um, is a reflection on the definition of the word amateur that has been consuming me lately. And the definition or a definition of amateur that that has come up that that people don't think about readily is that it's a person who is engaged in some study, sport or activity for pleasure rather than for financial benefit or or professional reasons. And Rooted Rooted is an amateur project. (laughs) The cash transfer study is an amateur project. The Green Bloom Fellowship is an amateur project. None of these opportunities started with pros, people knowing all the questions to ask, knowing how to answer everything the right way. We we were just doing it because we believed that this needed to be brought to life in the world and that we had the, the power in the team to do that. And so... My hope from the two of you and your peers uh, on Saturday is that you all don't lose sight of approaching life as as an amateur as, as much as you possibly can, because wild riches beyond your imagination are on the other side of that. <laughs>